Hey y'all, it's Ashley. Got to get technical for a second to cover mine and Bailey's behinds. Just wanted to say by listening to this podcast, you understand and agree not to use the information discussed as medical advice to treat yourself or others for any medical conditions. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and to form a sense of community for women. Thoughts and opinions are subjective. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements made on this podcast. Consult your own physician for any medical questions or issues you may have. And for goodness sakes, if you are experiencing a medical emergency, call 911. Welcome to the Undelivered Podcast, where we talk about women's health, infertility, miscarriage, and everything else that no one told you. This is the Undelivered. And we are back. Episode number four. Still in the closet. Ashley's putting her hair up because, guys, this episode's going to be a doozy. She's rolling up the <laughs> sleeves, pulling the hair up. Oh, I'm nervous. We are ready. Look, let, let's go ahead and jump in here and, and reiterate some, mm. some basics. Um, nothing Ashley says is medical advice. Mm-hmm. Everybody can do their own research. Um, I have a website. It's called HelloBaileyHenry.com. At the end of this episode and the next episode, because episode four and five will be part one and part two of our original findings for for some things about miscarriage and infertility in our country and in other countries, um, we will link everything. We will link all the findings. If that is what you're into, you like to go read line by line, number by number. You want to nerd out. Be my guest. It's like a lot. Ashley, it's Ashley a lot. has nerded out for us. Um, so let's just jump in head first. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, you know that there is a common, I don't know, theme, title, whatever. One in four pregnancies end in miscarriage. One in eight couples will have trouble conceiving. And and before we started recording, Ashley and I, well, for, for several weeks now, we've been calling bull on that, but yeah. you know, the further along we get with infertility, cause I am sadly of the mind that infertility and miscarriage has gotten worse and mm-hmm. will continue to get worse. Um, you, I can go down my Facebook friends list and tell you that the one in four is bullshit. I can tell you that the one in eight is bullshit. I can drive by the three fertility clinics in Jackson and look in the parking lot and tell you that something is not right with those numbers and those statistics. Um, And in the very last chapter of my book, um, I explained that I went to see a genetic specialist a few years ago And she put me in the 1% of American women who have unexplained reoccurring miscarriages. And I told her that I'm not very good with uh, numbers, but I know that that doesn't sound right to be in the 1%. And she said, that's as best as we can come up with, with the women who actually come forward and report multiple losses. Yep. So that is the background on that. I'm sure that some of you hopefully agree. I mean, you're paying attention to the women who are sharing stories, um, things that are going on. And look, also, let me jump in here and interrupt myself and say, I don't know where it's coming from, right? I mean, it's, it's getting worse. It's got to be in the water, in the food. I I definitely have my own theories. I definitely think it's environmental. I think, I 
think it's the chemicals in our food. It's the preservatives. It's all the prescription medication that we're on and our beauty products. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, all the chemicals that are allowed in the U S that are outlawed in other countries. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just, I'm so thankful to live in America, (laughs) but I think we have advanced so much and we have played around with science so, so much. I think we've gotten so far away from homesteading and natural basics of yeah. how to live a simple, healthy life. Yes. And I think, I think it's kind of starting to bite us on the butt a little bit, just not, not just in forms of fertility, but chronic diseases and obesity and it's all connected. I agree. And that is my personal opinion. <laughs> it is all connected. Um, Anyways. All right. Yep. Okay. So (laughs) Ashley has done, you know, she gave me a precious little sister shout out in the last episode about, you know, all the, the tech work that I've done with the podcast and our logo and all that kind of stuff. But Ashley has really, um, carried the weight here when it's come to all the research about miscarriage and infertility in our country. Um, the statistics of the, the one in four, I mean, we can just start there. Um, one in four pregnancies will end in miscarriage. I hear you. So they I say. Agree, so <laughs> say, do I think that statistic was true at one point? Hmm. Yes. Do I think that they stopped the study? Do I think that they stopped counting somewhere along the line a long time ago when it's probably doubled? Um, yeah, I also think that's true. So I, I think, and I don't think maybe it's so much that they stopped. I just think, I think it wasn't great to begin with. I think all of the studies from everything I have read and y'all, <laughs> I have read so much about this. Like my brain is swimming because there's so much out there to Mm -hmm. sift through but when you get down to the nitty-gritty of all of this there's such a lack of information a lack of studies a i i don't know there's just a whole lot of nothing out there surrounding this uh, surrounding miscarriage specifically there's a little bit more out there on infertility but miscarriage is definitely lacking in this country Um, other countries from everything I've read, articles I have read, other countries seem to have more of an investment in kind of like getting to the root cause of miscarriage or also providing care from all the aspects of what happened, what you need before, during, after miscarriage. So it's definitely something that I think our country is behind in and I would definitely agree that the one in four is way off base. Yeah. I I think it is definitely one in three, if not one in two. Definitely. My personal opinion again. <laughs> so when we first started digging into all this information, um Ashley FaceTimed me and she was like, go click on this and tell me, (laughs) tell me if I'm reading this right. And, and again, all this will be linked, um, on my website and we will, 
share that on social media as well. But um, basically, Ashley landed on a website, and I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but but you you click, and then you click again, and then, well, we found two things. Um, they said that really most pregnancies, 50% of pregnancies could end in a loss. Yeah. 50%. That is so not matching the one in four. And then beyond that, I do believe it was on the CDC website. You click on a link for, um, I think it was like women's health and infertility and then yeah, you click was. on it and the page doesn't exist. It's just yeah. gone. It like there's just nothing. You've, you've reached the end of the road. After via, you click on that. via the CDC website, there was a <laughs> link for women's health topics A through Z. Right. So I clicked on that because I was trying, I'm trying in all of my research, I was trying to find very specific things and most of which I could not find because it's just not out there. And maybe, you know, maybe it is out there. I will say this too, before anybody comes for me. <laughs> it's our biggest fear. <laughs> I mean, it really is because I'm in a, I'm in a hard spot here. I, know. I love my medical community, but we're also lacking in the medical community a bit. And it's, you know, it's nobody's fault. It is, if I'm going to blame anybody, I blame all of the higher ups in this country. It's kind of out of everybody's hands right yeah, now. It's a triple but, effect. Yeah. yeah. But um, there's a lot of, like on the internet, there's a lot of, oh my gosh, what's the word? Like jour medical journals mm -hmm. and um, clubs and associations that you have to pay to be a part of to to read what is published through there. Hmm. So let me just say that too. What I have found, it is all public knowledge. You know, anybody can find it. So that being said, if there is better information out there, I just don't have access to it. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like you would have to have like a subscription or something to. You, yeah. I mean, a lot of them, you have to have credentials. Like you would have to be a doctor, <laughs> but I mean, I think they do that. I mean, there's a, there's a purpose for it, but it's just, I mean, I agree, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for for two women who are sitting on the floor of an unorganized closet who are desperate for information for not only their own family but for for all the other women who have reached out to us and who have you know messaged Ashley and the women who've read my book like come on we we need credentials to figure out what's going on with women's anatomy yeah i mean they just you know you got to earn a degree and pay a lot of money to um be able to read some of this stuff which is kind of annoying but anyways moving on so i will say this the one in four i have tried to dig so hard on where exactly that number has come from where are they getting that from is there a study is like where is it coming from and i honestly can't find much at all um, I've looked on, you know, all of these websites, I'll pull up like the one and four, and then I'll mm -hmm. like scroll to the bottom to their resources and references and trying to figure out where it's coming from. Right. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> um, 
this one study that I have pulled up and it's um, <clears throat> on the NIH.gov. It's about self-reported trends in miscarriage from 1970 to 2000, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, that's the most detailed study I think I have found. <laughs> when you first called me about this study and told me how, are you going to tell our listeners? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, okay. They got this study, the National Survey of Family, was it Family Health and Growth? Yeah. The National Survey of Family Growth. Okay. They did this study. Over a course of 30 years. Um, but if I'm reading this correctly, they got this information by interviewing people, which in the 70s, totally get, like, that's, that's how you do things. But that's not how we do things anymore. And that's not, it's just not a very good tactic think for um for this uh hold on here are you gonna get to the part where it talks yeah. about the pencil wait the pencil do you remember that the pencil? you doesn't oh, it say on there like, like no, guys yeah, in person and yeah the in-person interview with yeah like pencil and paper mm -hmm. and all i can, when ashley first facetimed me and said, you know, they, they did this study back in 1970 and they just interviewed women and they literally wrote on a yellow legal pad and pencil. I'm like, well, somebody's pencil broke. I mean, this is, this cannot be. Yeah. So if I'm reading this correctly, over this course, this 30 year span, the total amount of women that they interviewed was 26,940. And of the, yes. Okay. Here it mm -hmm. is right here. In 1988, surveys were administered in person using a paper and pencil questionnaire. Mm -hmm. um, then they, they ramped it up in 95 and 2002 <laughs> using computer computers. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but what I found interesting in this, um, they left out women who were institutionalized, which I think... I think there are pregnant women in jail. Yeah. So um, I feel like that number is already skewed. And I feel like, you know, we'll just round it up to 27,000 people. Mm -hmm. 27,000 people over the course of 30 years. That doesn't that's excite me at no, all. No, that's not enough. And it's women aged 15 to 44. Yep. Um, Crazier things have happened than a 15-year-old. You know what I mean? Like this, this just doesn't seem, so well, even from the get-go to, to get this one in four, um, statistic, it just seemed very lackadaisical. Like, oh, I guess we'll interview 27,000 women over a span of 30 years. Not a lot. Like Ashley said, that's not excitable. Um, and, and we'll use a pencil and paper. <laughs> like, yeah. It just, it's just, it's outdated. You know, like I, I can appreciate what they were trying to do, especially starting out in the 1970s. I just don't think it's enough. Um, and nothing has been done since then to. Well, nothing that I can really find. Right. Anyways, now this is on self-reported miscarriages. So that's something I will dive into 
another topic I'll dive into in a second. But so when I tried to sift my way through, because it's very long, I got to the bottom of the footnotes Mm -hmm. because there was a note out beside like, you know, the one and four, whatever. So, and I'm just going to read that, read this off. It says, um, suppose that one of every four pregnancies in the absence of induced abortion one would end in early miscarriage, one in a late miscarriage, and two in a live birth. The true miscarriage rate is therefore 50%. Now suppose that women would choose to terminate half of the pregnancies and that all such terminations occur in the middle of pregnancy. It's going on to talk about unrelated miscarriage uh, risk. So... It's saying of every four pregnancies, on average, one will end in early miscarriage, one in birth, one and a half in induced abortion, and one half in late miscarriage. Who freaking knows? Like, I feel like I can take, I can take these sentences, this footnote section, and freaking run one of four ways with it. Like, and... Oh, she's sorry. She's getting ready. She's falling asleep again. Um, I think the problem is why there is so much like a lack of a very clear and correct number is there is, as far as my knowledge, there is no mainstream, not mainstream, streamlined way to report. Like there is not, okay, I'm going to use COVID for example you know, everybody freaked out so hard about COVID. Like there's reporting agencies. You have to report every single, so there's, there's not like anything like that for miscarriage. No, there's not. Um, what else? So when I was like a brand new nurse, I was a trauma registrar. Is is that how you say that Mm -hmm. word? Okay. (laughs) So for the hospital I worked at, so this is, in the state of Mississippi, you have to enter every trauma that comes through your hospital into this register so that they can track things. That's how you get analytics, you know? And as far as I can tell, there's nothing for miscarriage for that. Definitely not. And that therein lies the problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, maybe everybody, like Ashley said, we can take those four facts and run in four different directions with it but the one in four is just i'm not saying we've proven anything wrong i'm not saying that we've debunked anything but you don't have to look very far to see that something's off yeah um and same for the one in eight um i I mean that just doesn't even seem right to me look around i don't know and kind of going off on a tangent for a second apparently october is infertility infertility awareness awareness what what is that done what is that done if the research has not progressed and we still are confused about the one in four and the one in eight and there's i think there's a lot of money backing ivf and IUI treatments because that's a huge money making mm. in and of itself. Yeah. But I'm sorry, you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. 
too. Yeah. My mom's had breast cancer twice. The month of October hasn't done anything for that woman. I'm sorry. Like, I well, just don't think. So I'll gr- disagree with you slightly on this. Okay. Only because I think it's um, gaining steam a bit. Mm-hmm. I think, I think having that month is encouraging more women to put their stories out there. Fair. Yeah. Which I think, I mean, we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for us to talk about it, talking about it, not only I think helps you kind of like therapeutically go, go through all the emotions. And the more you talk about it, I think the better you can deal with it, but you're also like, you can help other women. 100%. So I think, I don't know. I think that month kind of maybe gives people, gives women the encouragement and power to get their own stories out there. I no, I, I completely agree with you in that aspect, but I guess if there's to me, if there's an awareness month or a 5k race or any sort of cause that gets attention, where's the attention going? I understand yeah. that. It, and I pray that that's true, that more women feel encouraged to share their story and they're brave. And definitely if, if they've had a bad experience, you know, with a doctor or a nurse or anything like that, that would, that would encourage them to, to come forward and, and share as well. But, but if there is, you know, an infertility awareness month or a miscarriage awareness month, where are those efforts going to get to the root cause yeah. of why this is happening and why things are so far behind? Yeah. Um, so I, just to get back on some research here, I started with, you know, like the big, the bigger government entities, the organizations that we all know. Um, I started on the, on who, Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing regarding miscarriage on there. They have, they have a ton of information on there on infertility and abortion, which, you know, we're going to touch on that in different episodes, but there's nothing like globally about miscarriage or a a breakdown of miscarriage on who. So then I went to CDC, which is where that, the last um, study that we just talked about, that's where that came from. But Mm -hmm. I found something really interesting on there. Um, They have an article called the infertility white pages. (laughs) It is... I think it's like a four-page article. It sounds very good with what they are saying, but it does not actually talk about planning or solving anything. So Um, it's just a lot of fluff. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I'll just read like a few sentences off of there to kind of tell you what I'm talking about, but says current surveys and surveillance systems address important aspects of infertility but are deficient in multiple areas. Ding ding ding. So that's going ahead and telling you like here's <laughs> we know we- there's a problem. <laughs> um but we're not gonna do anything to fix it. Yeah. It says in-depth research studies are necessary to address some of the same issues that would be desirable to evaluate at the population level using surveillance systems. Um, talks about how there is an increasing awareness about infertility. Um, but there is no, this is verbatim, 
there is no comprehensive national plan to address the problem of infertility. Boom. Let, I was going to say, let <laughs> that shit sink in. No comprehensive national plan to address the problem. Uh, and let me, <clears throat> bear with me, guys. I don't even know if I should go down this rabbit hole. Uh-oh. It, infertility, does it not bring in billions oh to the medical industry no doubt nobody it's just like wants to the fix cancer it. industry yes. nobody wants to fix it because ivf and i know i mean ashley and i now have a mutual friend um what 11 rounds of iui 16 16 rounds of iui i would love to have her on here eventually mm-hmm. um but i mean that is that that's that's a house honey i mean that is especially insurance i know covers some not all if if you have found an insurance that covers full rounds of iui and ivf uh, <clears throat> my email is hello bailey <laughs> <laughs> um like what on earth yeah so there's no comprehensive national plan to address the problem of infertility well i can tell you why that we're probably never going to change. I get that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, I, I get the why of it and, and women a, are going to infuriating though, yeah. because they're recognizing it, but which is even more of a it, slap in the face. Yeah, they're shoving it to the side. Um, another point that the infertility white pages goes on to say is that evidence, evidence based practice, which is a huge um, huge deal in the medical world. Anything like evidence-based is pretty much your gold standard um, for like the best of the best research out there. Evidence-based practice guidelines on the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of infertility and on patient counseling need to be promoted to all healthcare providers. Hmm. So again, they're kind of acknowledging patients need counseling yeah. on this. I mean, cause there are so many, there's a mental, there's an emotional there. I mean, there's so many different parts of this <clears throat> to chew on. Yeah. Um, this was the infertility white pages was probably one of the most interesting thing that I read. It was kind of, I mean, it's an easy read. So, I mean, we'll link that definitely go mm -hmm. check it out if you want to, but that was kind of, this was my starting point, I guess you would say, for for everything else, because this is also a great example of how there is a lot of information out there. It is just lacking substance. Man, you're so right. So yeah, everything, and I'm I'm looking at Ashley's computer right now, guys. It's just it's fluff, it, and it's in a very professional medical journaled way saying. We know that this is lacking. We know that there is an issue. Dare I even use the word? I've used this word on um, my Instagram stories a lot. Pandemic. Come on. <laughs> Infertility is not going anywhere, guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I don't know why it's getting worse, but it is more. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, you know, in this first part episode because Ashley and I decided there will be two parts to this part one we're going to 
look at the lack of research, lack of understanding in miscarriage and in um, <clears throat> infertility. And then in the second part, we're going to go over um, how our country stacks up to other countries, specifically when it comes to the soapbox that I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll die on this hill. Postpartum, women who have miscarriages are still postpartum and women in the United States are pushed to the wayside. I mean, damn sure after you have even a full term healthy baby, yeah, you're expected to go back to work. More of the, in the mental yeah. health aspect of all of the infertility stuff. Um, another thing I for, we forgot to talk about, well, just my research is all over the place here. <laughs> I tried to organize it as best as I could, but it's, this has been really hard to do. Um, I found that the rate of miscarriages is increasing about 1% a year. Mm -hmm. um, and also an important factor I think that we need to talk about too is a lot of women don't report miscarriages. Yeah. Um, I found that in the U.S., women have, um, there's a higher poverty rate like men, blah, blah, blah. women are more likely to live in poverty than men. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that women living or anybody living in poverty have higher rates of alcohol and substance abuse and less access to medical care. So to me, that would automatically mean the people in those communities are struggling with that. Probably there's probably a higher number of miscarriages there and yeah. we're just unaware because, because they're definitely not reporting it. Right. And then you have all the women with m true mental health diagnoses. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other problem because, you know, mental health as a whole in this country, I don't feel like is amazing either. No, we're just so, at, the, at the beginning of yeah, the so, change on that. That, that's another just tidbit, I think, of why or how the miscarriage rate is probably actually higher yeah. than what they're saying. Yeah. So, Ashley, in, in terms of let's take a break here on all your findings, um, nursing school, tell oh me gosh. about oh what gosh. it's like. <laughs> well, because I remember when Ashley and I first connected and we were... It, it was that one hour FaceTime when we were getting to know each other and mm -hmm. I found out that she was a nurse. And so then of course we skipped over that and, and came back to it. But from my understanding, from talking to you and, and a few other friends who are in the medical field, specifically nursing school, it's covered in less than a semester and it's under the umbrella of. Well, and I think I, um, I already know, I know what you're about to say. You're going to say under the umbrella of psychology, yeah. but I think. I uh, should have clarified that okay. a little bit. Okay. So, I mean, I was in nursing school like over 10 years ago. So my memory is not the clearest of. And maybe things have changed in, in yeah, 10 years. Um, But I definitely, I want to say the same semester that we covered like women's health maternity, like we also, that's when we covered psychology and like, so it was split between areas of nursing but it was not we definitely focused a lot more on like the cardiovascular system mm -hmm. and respiratory and the bigger facets of nursing definitely got the most attention 
which on one hand, I totally get because if you're not going into labor and delivery as a nurse, right? why are we going to like, you know, hammer down on all that? And I, I do remember like bits and pieces of things we went over during nursing school. We had clinicals, uh, you know, in labor and delivery, women's health. Um, I think it's definitely, which I will say this too, um, nursing school does not prepare you for the real worsen- nursing world. Yeah. Um, nursing, <laughs> I know I get tongue tied No, all I'm the just time. thinking like, I don't think any school prepares you for the real no, world. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, nursing school prepares you to pass your boards where you really get your training is like afterwards on the floor when you're working. So I don't think. I don't think nursing school should really be faulted for the lack of attention on no, that. that. Certainly, I certainly wasn't trying to, to paint it yeah. in there, but, but there's a systematic failure starting somewhere. Yeah. I, I mean, whether it's in medical education, the background, the pharmaceutical industry, wherever it's coming from, it, it's a trickle down effect. It's a broken system and women suffer I mean we're just kind of suffering yeah because we're we're flying blind here um and 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 I think what's more frustrating is that if if women have suffered a miscarriage and you and you didn't go to nursing school and you don't want to have a podcast about it you're just you're (laughs) gonna sit there and there's nothing wrong with this but you're I know a lot of people who are just going to accept well I'm one in four or I'm one in eight and I'm like it's way more than that I mean you're you're not alone it's, there's way more than that, but I think there's, <clears throat> I think a lot more could be explained to us that is not being explained. Oh, I totally agree with that for sure. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're staring at Ashley's computer here, trying to make sure that we cover everything in part one. Um, I try to, oh my gosh, I know it's so much. We will link all of this. Um, we can do the show notes on Spotify. This will be linked there. And all of this will be linked um, on the Undelivered Podcast tab of my website, which is hellobaileyhenry.com. Let's see. Um, Here's uh, on infertility specifically from the CDC. Um, They have an interesting statistic. They say about 6% of married women aged 15 to 44 years in the U.S. are unable to get pregnant after one year of trying. And that is the definition mm-hmm. of infertility, um, which I also think is skewed because in 2022, <clears throat> not everybody having babies is married. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I know several people who have had a baby or even gone through IVF who are not married. Mm -hmm. Like that statistic is not right. And it can't hold the same weight as, as it once did. No. And I'm sorry. Why are we starting this shit at 15 years old? (laughs) Well, I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I do. But I, again, I just think that's it's, something skewed because I'm like, you're, you're a child at 15. You're you so are a, a child, but you are capable of having a kid. You are. As a kid. <laughs> so I think that, I think that's why they probably start there. Um, 
What else? See, just right there. Infertility is fairly common. Well, bitch says, like, <laughs> like we, we know that. Says a third of the time infertility can be traced to the woman. In another third of the cases, it is because of the man. The rest of the time, it is either both partners or no cause can be found. Mm, that is agree. as clear as mud. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making me read read that. Um, yeah, it's just, I encourage you <laughs> to, and again, the websites and everything that I tried to read, I didn't go to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, like all of this is coming from reputable places. Right. So I encourage everybody to, I mean, maybe not like nerd out as hard as I did, but like, just look for yourself and yeah. kind of see there's, there's just a lack. There's a huge lack on, on this. And there's gotta be like so much just lack of information because when I went to my infertility specialist and had my initial like counseling appointment and he was talking about my lifestyle and my history and how many losses I had at that point I had told him it was after Lorelai. So I'd had six and he kind of jumped in and said, but you've probably had more. Yeah. And, and not have known about it. And I'm yep. like, okay, cool. Thank you. Um, and then, you know, I started to explain, I had gone on a health journey. I started eating, you know, grass-fed beef liver because it's healthy for you. I drink Berkey water. We're, you know, like we try to do as much whole food. What? Whole food? <laughs> I, saw you, sorry. I saw you coming in to talk and I was like, what? Whole no food. one knows what a Berkey is. Oh, yes, they do. It's a, it's a water filter. It fil- okay. Ashley didn't know what a Berkey was. A Berkey water filter. We're getting real crunchy real fast. <laughs> okay. So you brought up an interesting point though, about how your doctor said you've probably had more mm-hmm. than you, than you realize. Um, that just like triggered something in my brain to what I also read <clears throat> in all of this. And part of the reason that the um, rate of miscarriage has increased over the years is because the home pregnancy test was invented and it is getting more sensitive. Mm. Um, you know, you can test like earlier and earlier. So more women know that they are pregnant earlier. Quicker, yeah. So yes, there's still instances where yes, you're pregnant. You don't know it. You miscarry before you can even test. Mm. But that is one of the reasons that they said the rate is increasing is because home pregnancy tests are becoming a lot more advanced. And that I do actually agree with. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So when I was talking to that same fertility specialist and he was, you know, telling me that I'd probably possibly had more um, miscarriages, that's where I was explaining, you know, we'd gone on a health journey. We're doing vitamins, supplements. Berkey water, all those things. Um, Whole foods there. I said it right. Um, And he, he kind of like, yeah, that's so great for you. Aren't aren't you so proud? Don't you look good? And you feel so great. That has nothing to do with you having a baby or not. And yeah, that's how I felt. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Cause I thought that would help. And 
he, he was very, very frank with me and said, when was the last time you went inside a McDonald's? And I said, it's been a while. That's not my fast food of choice. <laughs> and he said, well, I'll tell you, um, everyone who's in line at McDonald's eats there three to four times a week. They are incredibly unhealthy, morbidly obese, blood pressure through the roof, and they've at least got four kids. <laughs> well, he ain't wrong. I hear his point there. I think, I think he would have been more right in that to say none of that is going to help if you have an underlying issue. Mm-hmm. Like if you have something genetically wrong or if you, you know, like if you have a medical reason to keep miscarrying, like right. if you had never discovered the clotting right. disorder mm-hmm. you have, like it, you can eat whole foods till kingdom come mm-hmm. and that's not going to change the outcome. Right. I think he would have been a little more accurate in saying that. Right. <laughs> I think taking care of yourself it makes everything better. It does. Yeah. There's so, nothing wrong with taking care of yourself. But I think when women, let me just say this. If, if you're listening and you have found yourself inside of that office of a fertility specialist, you didn't get there just because you ate one salad and it didn't work out for you. You know what I mean? Like you've, you've tried we've, all the we've things. We've exhausted all other options. Um, and I, you know, I have a dear friend who, oh God love her. I mean, they're looking at um, egg donation at this point. You you know what I mean? Like it's, and that is definitely not talked about. I mean, it's the, the getting to the fertility specialist. When do you see a fertility specialist? If it's not one in four, if it's really more like one in two, when do we make these decisions to go there? When do you make the decisions just, you know, to get an egg donor? Probably it's probably based off, I would think like doctor opinions mm-hmm. and probably insurance. Mm. Sadly, well, you know we're we're big fans around here of second opinions, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Do you have anything? No, I think um, we definitely wanted to compartmentalize these episodes on Ashley's findings and research and just sort of the background of the one in four and one in eight. And just that will scratching the surface, just scratching the surface. And then for our next episode, part two, we're going to really dive in on what, um, women's healthcare looks like in other countries compared to the United States. And that is what I am real excited about. Yeah. That's a little bit more exciting to talk about. It is. Yeah. Cause like Ashley said, all this research easy to find. What, what was that precious expression you use clear as mud yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so like for instance I have four pages right here of you know links statistics all of that stuff but when I sit sit here and read back over all of it I'm like this really doesn't say that much and it doesn't so um y'all be sure to check out the website if you want to read any of this for yourself and as always thank you for being here Please share with your friends. (laughs) And we will see you, hear you, listen to you. No, they will listen to us. We will. I know. We'll be there for you next time. Cue the friends theme song. I'll be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. We will (laughs) talk to you guys in the next episode. Please come back and forgive us. (laughs) 
this has been a weird day. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.